soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. You know, it didn't matter if it was Obama or Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan or Jimmy Carter or whatever. He was established. And the credibility was established. When this journey is done, we want our kids and our grandkids and our relatives and our co-workers to just know that we were established since 19 or 20 so-and-so. The moment we really gave our life to the Lord, that that's a benchmark and it had been established. That's a mark of credibility. And then abounding. When we think about abounding, to me, this word gets my attention because abounding has the idea in my mind of being super fruitful. But because I think in sports terms, I just think there's certain times when athletes are just white hot, not red hot, like white hot. Like when they just got it all going. Sometimes golfers just get, they just get on a roll at a major and they're just untouchable. Like every shot, it's just the drive, the chip, the putt, it's, it's, you know, it's just, or, or like in basketball when just certain, they just get it going, abounding. It's like the idea in athletics is when, when an athlete is at just, or John Wooden used to say this best as a coach at UCLA, what you're, well, you're at your best when your best is needed. In other words, you're peaking at the highest level when it's the elite time to peak. Abounding has, in my mind, has the idea that you are just on your game and everything. If you're a pitcher, you got you got the fastball with location. You've got the breaking ball. You've got the changeup. I mean, they're not touching you. You're just abounding. You got it all going. So if you kind of use that analogy, or maybe in the business world, you just make all the right calls. You just seem to make the right decisions. You just got the hot hand with what to invest in, what not to. Just abounding. Just it, it's just it's like it's you at your best flourishing. We often say the right fit, right? That's the right fit. High school coaches with different high school athletes, you just try and put them in the right spot where they're at their maximum potential. That's abounding. You, you maximize what's there. So abounding in the Lord is that you're just flourishing in the fullness of who you're meant to be, that you're just flourishing as a woman. You're flourishing as a young lady. You're flourishing as a young man. You're flourishing as a grandpa. You got all, you got all going. You're a grandpa juggernaut. You are just firing on all cylinders. You're flourishing. That's the idea, just abounding, just abounding. Just like, it's just Got it all, just because it's the Lord just overflowing from our lives. So we walk with him, we're rooted, and we're built up, and we're established, and we're rolling, we're abounding with thanksgiving, which means it's not about us. See, some people are kind of like with themselves, like establishing abounding. Well, sooner or later, you're no longer established, you're not abounding, you're gone. But we're going from glory to glory. This is the foundation that God wants to work in each of our lives, which I I know looking at many of you, he is doing this work. 
But we want our, our, our best moments in the Lord to be today and in front of us. We want to go from glory to glory. We want to get more fruitful, more fruitful, and more fruitful. Seeing Billy Graham talk about, watching Billy Graham share the gospel in his late 90s, and that's very elderly, by the way. Late 90s is very elderly. And my dad just turned 89, so I have a comparative with my dad 10 years younger than when Billy was 99. But just, just watching Billy share the gospel and the confidence of his faith right to the end, you know, it's like that's abounding. It's just Christ in him, the hope of glory. And my, my wife watched the Billy Graham documentary. I mentioned this from the pulpit but last week, but she watched it, and she was just crying the whole time because it's just so inspiring. It's just so inspiring, like what life looks like when you just go from glory to glory, and it's about the Lord and not about you, and you forgive, and you're gracious, and you grow, and you sow, and you abound. That's who we're meant to be because there's a danger of what can happen as we can get off track, which is the warning in verse 8. Beware. Oh, man, I don't like bewares. You know, growing up, I was such a rule breaker. Gosh, I was such a rule breaker. I mean, with this running joke in my family, like if, if, the, if, if it says, the, like Jennifer is just like the queen of following rules. Like she's the perfect rule follower. You know, I'm like, she married the rule breaker. You know, like she was a straight A high school student. I got kicked out of high school, right? You know, and it used, the rest just goes that way. We're, we're such a good match. And, we, and you know, um, beware is just like, you know, beware is beware. Like, Example, you're 23, you think you can surf anything, so you paddle out Waimea Bay 25 feet and it becomes 50 feet. And now you're out in the open ocean by yourself and you're confessing all your sins. True story for me. I should have just watched the conditions. The swell was building. I, we didn't have surf line back then, so you kind of like look at the map and the Honolulu advertiser. Oh, it looks like a low, you know, Tokyo coming this way. And The day I almost drowned at Waimea Bay, it's like if someone said, hey, Joey, you know what, like, this is kind of out of your league. Like, it, it looks 25 feet and you're racing out there right now, but you know, in like 20 minutes, there's going to be a set that's 50 feet and it's going to take everyone else and you're going to be in the open ocean by yourself. Beware. I'd be like, Mah. like, see, we don't like beware. Getting out at PCH yesterday to take uh, Zippy down to the, the playground at 9th Street, right? There in Huntington, the new playground that's been down there. She wants to go out on the road. Like, you got to have her hand. Zippy, there's cars. They're going fast. It's like, that's why, you know, I always say you can't let a two-year-old run the world because they'll run out in the street and the world will end, right? I mean, beware is beware. You know, you go to Central California, there's certain beaches, you know, go past north of Lompoc there, and there's like, there's signs of sharks that says, beware, sharks. It's like, I guess I'm not going surfing because, you know, that's just not an enjoyable surf session. Beware, like, beware is a very strong thing. Beware of poison, don't drink this. It's underneath your sink, right? Beware is a, a warning, Beware. My wife was at Social Security, uh, getting a Social Security card recently. And it has a sign there, beware. If anyone calls you or contacts you saying their Social Security about your card, that's not us. That's not how we work. So two weeks ago, I get this thing. It's a text. It's a number I don't recognize. It's Indiana. I'm like, well, I know pastors in Indiana. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's Dave Hole calling from Terre Haute or something. I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, because. And I see my text message on the, on the um, you know, text message for the message. It's like, your social security card's been violated. You need to call. So I'm like, I'm so, what? Well, I did what any smart husband do, right? I told you. It's like, did, what, what, what would a smart husband do? I took a screenshot of it and sent it to my wife. I said, what do I do? She goes, it's a scam. Really? He's like, oh, yeah. 
I'm like, how do you know? She's like, it's a scam. I'm like, well, she knows more than me, so she knows. I'm like, okay, you know, that's why you're running the office at Calvary or something, right? So I'll trust you there. Then last week, they just would not stop. You know, the numbers changed like three, four, five, six, seven times a day to come in. Your social security card, your social security card. Like, my wife's like, I'm like, well, what if it really is? She's like, no, do not. It's like, beware. That's, That's a scam. And she, she never told me the first time about the sign of Social Security because I'm thinking, like, what if Jennifer's wrong? What if it really has happened? And then she said, no, when I was at Social Security, the sign said, we never do things this way. Like, they're doing, like, well, why didn't you tell me that a week ago? Because I've been unsettled. I'm like, oh, and it's like, beware. And the first time I said, I said to my wife, I go, who does this? Lots of people do this. Elderly theft, you know, all that kind of stuff people do to elderly people. And people rip people off. Beware. It's a scam. Pastor Chuck for years said, beware of people who say their ministry is going out of business if you don't send them money. God's not broke. Let it go out of business. Because God's not going out of business, right? Beware. So Paul says, beware. The Holy Spirit says through Paul, beware. So as we're going to abound and go deep and root and be established and like rolling like a juggernaut with Jesus, then all of a sudden it's like, beware. Whoa, beware. Beware of hocus pocus and smoke and mirrors that the devil throws at us. So let's think about what to be aware of. We need to be aware of being cheated. Cheated through philosophy. Human, human thought processes to understand God devoid of God. That's really scary. Because again, we're born in sin. So therefore, our conscious compass is off to begin with. At, on the best day, it's getting help from the Holy Spirit driving us to Christ. On the worst day, it's taking us straight to the pit of hell. So that whole idea that human philosophies, that man from an earth-based position can solve things in a sinful world as a sinful man or sinful woman is totally illogical and makes no sense whatsoever. That's what makes the gospel so glorious. It's God and his glory and his holiness coming to us and him making a way. Because we are finite, but he is infinite. So in our finiteness, we come with all these philosophies, all these religions, all these worldviews, all these traditions of men to try and get to heaven because God's put eternity in our hearts, Ecclesiastes 3, and they're all scarred, marred, uh, and, and just wrong. They're wrong. There's a way that seems right to a man, but then there by his death. They're all wrong. The human philosophies, these are wrong. Anything contrary to Christ is wrong. It's his universe. They're wrong. Jesus said of Satan, he's the father of lies. And that's what he does. He's a liar from the beginning. Genesis 3, has God really said he's a liar and he's a deceiver and he's a cunning and crafty one. In fact, we saw last week, lest anyone persuade you, deceive you with persuasive words. We, there's, the the human heart's deceitfully evil and who can know it, the Bible says. And we are easily led astray because we want to believe certain philosophies that match our sinful, selfish, carnal, son of Adam, daughter of Eve nature, even on our best day with the Lord. We're self-preserving. Like Satan said concerning Job, yea, skin for skin, all the man had, it was good to save his life. Trust God's word. Submit to God's word. Let it judge us. Or we form philosophies by which we become judge and jury of God's word and of his character and who he is in his universe. Very dangerous place to be. So we be cheated through philosophy. Empty deceit. You know, Darwinism is empty deceit. There's no fossil record. There never was or never will be. Yet people believe it because they want to believe it. Billions and billions and billions. 
And Timmy's Legos came alive. And it became an animal that crawled out of the ocean. And it became a human being. Billions and billions. Listen, when my grandkids come over, they leave disorder. And that disorder is never going to become order. Someone's got to pick it up and put it together again. There's no substance. It's the biggest lie ever. But people want to believe that lie. It's a lie. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus said, have you not read how in the beginning he made them male and female? And yet, people check their brains out. It's amazing to me how when the heart is deceitfully wicked. And so we don't get cheated through philosophy, empty deceit, traditions of men. And men have traditions, don't they? Cultures have traditions. Cultures get weird traditions. There's, there's all kinds, I'm not going to take my time going into it, but like, there's all kinds of weird traditions cultures get. We got, we got ours here too. Some are, 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 are all right, you know, but there's just, you know, we just, we're following humanity. We come with weird traditions. According to the basic principles of the world, the world system at war with God, that the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, these are the things of the world. And the Father has nothing to do with that, First John tells us in chapter 2. So all these things, you say, what are we to be aware of? Things that will cheat us, human philosophy, empty deceit, traditions of men, basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. So what you know is set out by the devil to cheat you is anything that's not according to Christ. That's the key. Not according to Christ. So we're to walk in him, and then we're to be aware of anything cheating us from who we are in him and what he's doing in and through us in our life. Anything not in Christ. Anything that's not consistent with his word, his character, his accomplished works, his promises, and his position. Anything. Anything that takes Christ from being the center of the universe, holding it together, and the savior of the world, the exclusive savior of the world, it is to be rejected at all costs. And no matter how crafty and persuasive the devil might make that doctrine or those thinkings, appeal to us at various times in our fallen nature, beware, we're told. Just because you don't see a shark doesn't mean he's not out there. In fact, most sharks, you don't see them before they hit you. The ones you see are not the ones that give you trouble. And people get led astray. As Pastor Greg Laurie would say from Harvest, you just get your ship off course a little bit out of the harbor. By the time you get to Honolulu, you're way off course. Hebrews warns about drifting. And the farther you get off the mark, the subtlest, the subtlest deviation of charting your course, the farther you get out, the farther you get from the destination that you're headed for. Anyone in maritime knows that. In fact, a lot of the training my son Timothy went through in maritime was to make sure you know your destination and your, car, your course is charted properly. Beware. But we have this happy, feel-good ending. Because beware is beware. There's no way around it. But verse 9 says, For in him dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So we know in John chapter 1, we're told that in the beginning was a word. The word was with God, and the word was God. And then we're told the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Then we're told that no one's ever seen the Father, but the Son, who is the word, he has declared the Father to us, full of grace and truth. So Jesus reveals the Father to humanity. By taking on human form, God came to this planet and revealed who he is to us through the Son, Jesus. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Son's, the responsibility of the Son was to come into the world in him. 
And again, it's so interesting to think of like the, the tree of life would represent Christ in the garden. The animal sacrificed by God in the garden to cover Adam and Eve's sins would, rec- would symbolically represent Jesus Christ. Abel's offering, for which Cain killed him, represented Jesus Christ. Noah's ark represents Jesus Christ. Noah's altar coming out of the flood in a post-flood world represents Jesus Christ. Abraham's altars represent Jesus Christ. Abraham offering up Isaac represents Jesus Christ. The the bondage of the people of Israel in, in Egypt coming out represents our deliverance as Christ delivers us, as Moses delivered them from Pharaoh, so too Christ delivers us from our Egypt, the world, and our bondage unto Satan, who is our Pharaoh. It all represents Christ. The Passover lamb represents Christ. It just goes on and on and on. It's all in him. Everything God ever communicated from Genesis to the time of Christ speaks of Christ, and everything in our lives takes us back to what happened on the cross and what's going to come when the king comes to reign. It's all in Jesus. It's in him. This whole universe exists for Jesus. Our life, our breath, the very breath that's in our, the breath we breathe is in his hands. It's in him. It's all in him. And he wants to transform us from glory to glory, to walk, take root, to be built up, to be established, and to be abounding. Beware, but because in him, we are complete. So in him, the Father and the heart of the Father is revealed to us, but in him, we are complete. You are complete in him. So this, the strongest, because we talk about dangerous doctrines after this. Next week, we get into all the stuff like that was a threat to the church and the lives of the believers. In him. So on the mountaintop, it's not Jesus plus this or Jesus minus that. Or this human philosophy plus Jesus. Or maybe God did it this way and he really created some weird creatures that became human beings. This is nonsense. God is light and him is no darkness at all. Let God be true and man a liar. Because God's not perverse and God's not corrupt and he's definitely not the author of death. So reject any concept of Darwinism fitting into God's economy of creation. God didn't bring in death and the whole world view of Darwinism is death. God is life and light and the light of men. And trust me, when you get to heaven, you'll realize it is a young earth. And Jesus made it and he died for the prize duel of it, humanity. And the whole universe, as it's expanding and losing energy, is still revolving on Christ and who he is and what he did on this planet. Don't be, you know, if you're deceived, it's not going to be on my watch. I'll just tell you straight up. Let all be teachers will give a stricter account. If you're deceived by false teaching and philosophies, it's going to be on someone else's watch. And if you're offended by me because I preach the truth, preach the truth, that's fine. You know, they didn't crucify Jesus because he preached love. They crucified Jesus because he preached the truth. The whole last day is like, what is truth? Huh. Right? It is as you say. Truth will get in a lot of hot water. But I'm going to stand before the Lord. Now, when I give an account, I want to know that I was true to speak the truth in love. Beware. Because in him, you're complete. He's everything you need in high school, in elementary school. He's everything you need on your wedding day. Noah Sweeten's getting married today. You know, former family of the church here. He's everything you need when you put your mom in the ground. He's everything you need when you're not even sure what year it is because you've got dementia or Alzheimer's. He's everything you need in the darkest valley and the highest mountaintop. He's everything we need. In him, we are complete. And I was thinking about this as my dad turned... 
89, and recently was with my dad, as I'm spending time with Zippy at 2 at the playground yesterday in Huntington, and I just meditating on this word. It's like he is, whether we're Zippy at 2, and we're driving around listening to Tiny Top Plays with Arky in the car, I started crying. You know why? Because I've not heard that one song since Hannah grew up to that song. Here comes the glory train. Here comes, hear that whistle blow. Woo, woo. I'm going to praise his name. I've not heard that song since Virginia. Hannah grew up on that, and she's doing quite well with the Lord. And Zippy's back there, and I'm looking at her, and I'm driving, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I can see she's just like, she's looking right up there on the screen. Time to I'm like, here we go, another generation. Jesus is all she'll need for her journey, and Jesus is all at the front of the journey, and Jesus is all my dad needs at the back end of the journey. In him, we are complete. And I close with this story, because this passage is very dear to me. In 1987, when I submitted my life to the Lord, and I went for it. I was going to Miracosta Junior College in the autumn semester. It's the same time that I almost drowned and told no to Brian Broderson to be a pastor, and almost drowned on Halloween day at Ocean Beach up there in San Francisco. On November 1st, I said to the Lord driving home, I would obey him going to the ministry. And at the same time, I met my wife, Jennifer. She was in a class that I had down in Encinitas at the extended campus. But I had enrolled in a class. I was taking all units. And, you know, it, it could be, you know, my friend Vince Bicelli, who's now with the Lord, he studied all kinds of philosophy stuff. He could study world religions. It didn't affect him. Uh, it just, he just had the mind where he said it through. But for me, it just wasn't for me. I don't have time for it. In my mind, it's just not what I was called to do. But I had a philosophy class at Miracosta. Now, I'm new in the Lord. I'm excited for the Lord. And that first day in that class, same time Brian Broderson asked me to be a pastor. The guy got up and says, you know, you born-again Christians, some of you in this class are born-again Christians. You need to know, you need to leave Jesus at the door, you know. Like, you have such a narrow view of the world and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and all this, that. And it's like, you know, we embrace all philosophies here because there really is no truth. And philosophy is about trying to find out truth and this and everything else. And I was like, what the? I'm like, who is this clown? You know, like, that's, you know, I'm a little better about things like that. I was like, what's this guy? Like, I, I just think you stand before the Lord. So think about what you're doing. The fear of a God is the beginning of wisdom. But I, I was sitting there going like, wow. And I told my mom later on that I was dropping that class. And she says, oh, I don't know, you know, like, and I was like, no, I don't, I, I don't have time for it. And God's calling me to something else, and it's just, it's not for me. And my mom said, well, since you know the Bible, can you back up with the Bible? Yes, I can. And I shared this passage with my mom. And she pretty much was like, you know, fair enough. If that's not for you, it's not for you. I said, mom, it's just not, you know, it's just, it's not for me. I'm, I've found the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm growing in the truth. And I've committed to going to the ministry. And, and I, I just these are going to be people, these are going to be men devoid of truth, speculating what truth is when I know what truth is. And God's got to call my life. This passage was my devotion at that time. And I learned 31 years ago that in him I am complete. And he has been with me in every step of the journey, from the wedding day to my dead son in my arms, to church plants that seemed successful and became failures, to church plants that seemed failures and became successful, 
to taking care of my mother-in-law dying of cancer, to ministering to my dad who doesn't know what year it is, to serving on Sabbath with Pastor Chuck, to being ministering at Calvary on 9-11 when no one else was there. He's carried me through all the journey, watching my kids grow up one wedding after another wedding. When they please, you feel they're doing the right thing when you feel they're not doing the right thing and giving it to the Lord, to the grandkids of this day. And I just say, here comes the glory train. Because in him, whether we're two, and John Corson got saved at two, he'll tell you so. And Hannah told me she gave her life to the Lord at two. I remember the day. She was two. From the youngest age of understanding until the last breath, we are complete in Jesus Christ. And he'll see you through every experience imaginable that life can bring at you. The pain, the mountaintops, he's got you. He's got you for all of it. So WG, this is a mountaintop verse from my heart to you. In him, you will always be complete and he will always be your sufficiency. And you don't need to add to him and you certainly don't want to take from him. He's got you. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And that good work, he'll see it through. All eyes on Jesus. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.